All right, well, today we're going to talk about vision. Um, we, every, every few months, I think I've preached on vision maybe 10 times in the three years, that almost three years that we've been going. Uh, the first four weeks were all vision, and then uh, usually around the first of the year in the fall, uh, I usually do another sermon on vision because we've got to stay on track. One of the things that uh, I think is dysfunctional in the body of Christ is that there are lots of Christians, but there are very few Christians working together for a common purpose. When Christians work together for a common purpose, things get accomplished. When everybody scatters and goes their own way, I mean, you're saved and all, but not much gets done. Let's talk about vision. Let's talk about what is vision. Um, vision can mean different things to different people. Of course, we're a Pentecostal church. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And so does vision mean that you have an open vision from God? Like, that can be, that can be a meaning of it, but that's not what I'm talking about today. You know, we believe in, in words of prophecy, things like that. Kay shared today, uh, have you ever been in prayer and you just, you hear something from God? It doesn't have to be an audible voice, you know, not, but just like in your spirit, you know, I should do this. I shouldn't do that. Here's the direction I should go. Oh, I understand. One time, when I was a brand new Christian, it would happen all the time. Now it's, you know, your, your Christian walk changes over the years. It's an amazing thing. But there were ways that I was closer to God the first couple of years that I was a Christian than I am now. And then there's, I'm just more mature now. You know, the relationship changes. Just like with a marriage relationship. You know, right away, it's just, wow, super exciting and all kinds of fun. And then, of course, in a marriage relationship, if it's anything like ours, after about a year, it turns into a horrible disaster. And then you have about five years of misery and suffering, and then it gets better because you, you know that you can't leave because you're a Christian. All right, we're talking about vision, and we're talking about the type of vision, which is, it's where we're going. It's the future. It's the present and the future, but you know, we're going somewhere like with the Lord. We've got a reason to be. We're going somewhere. You remember Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream. He pictured in his mind uh, uh, America without racial tension, without segregation, without those uh, things. He had a dream. He had a vision. That's the type of thing that I'm talking about here. The, the dream for good hope, the vision. What are we doing here? Why are we here? I think sometimes churches can forget why they're there. And it's just like, you better go to church. How many people know you're supposed to go to church? But why? <laughs> I mean, there's, you're supposed to pray, right? Did you know you're supposed to pray? Why? You're supposed to read your Bible, right? Why? Not just so that you can say you've prayed and say you've read your Bible and say you've gone to church to appease God. There are reasons for those things. They're very important. And if we miss the reason, we're not going to understand why we're not going to be properly motivated. We're, we're just going to miss it and it's going to be a drudgery. Church is exciting, isn't it? It's fun. It's, it's, the, it's the front lines of the battle between heaven and hell. It's exciting. It should be. All right. So what's the vision for Good Hope Church? Just like with Martin Luther King Jr., he saw a need. And his vision 
His dream was based on meeting that need, making a difference in the world. Do you think the Christian world or the world in general is just fine and needs no changing? (laughs) I think there's a need. I'm convinced there's a need. And so the vision for Good Hope Church is meant to address that need, to meet that need, to uh, have an impact in that. Here's the need. Our nation is losing touch with God. Amen? Our nation is losing touch with God. Now, everywhere on the world, they need the Lord. Amen? There are places, though, where revival's happening, where, where the, the truth of God and the kingdom of God is busting out. There are places that are worse than the United States even, but then there's us. We're losing touch with God. How, how's the temperature? Are you guys cool? Just good? Just right? Wow, what a compliant bunch of people. I should tell you to do something. I'll do that. I'll do that later. All right. Our nation is losing touch with God, and I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. Now, can we change everything? There's either going to be missiles heading to Syria or there's not. I don't have a whole lot of control over that. I mean, we could vote, you know, we could, we could send our results to the White House. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they're not going to pay that much attention <laughs> to what we have to say because there are more important players in this than us. That's not something we can control. What we can do is trust the Lord in the midst of all the stuff that's going on in the world. That's something we do have control over. So there is this huge need. How do we respond to the need? One of the things that I don't want you to do is to respond by just whining and complaining and pointing out the need. Wow, Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. Noticing that doesn't mean you've helped. It doesn't mean you've done anything. Just being aware of that and pointing it out doesn't make you not a hypocrite. It's just pointing something out. What we need is to be able to wade into the mess and make a difference. To meet the need one way or another. To do something rather than sit back and point the finger. How we respond to this is very, very important. So we have something we can do with Good Hope Church. A reason to be. A compass that points us in the right direction. Where if we're getting off, we know we'd better adjust because this isn't fitting where we're going. Here is our vision statement. It is reach up, rise up, reach out. Six cute little words. Reach up, rise up, reach out. And uh, basically... Reach up means we can connect with God. We need to connect with God. If you've never done that, you need to do that today. 
If you are separated from God, you need to ask Him to forgive your sins and ask Him to bring you into His kingdom. He'll do it. But it's not just a one-shot deal, is it? When you were born, were you done? Well, born, I guess, good enough. When you're born again, are you done? No, you've got that whole growing up and being coming productive and maturing. and Oh, you've got all kinds of life left to live. Don't think you're done when you get born again. So we want to reach up. Then we want to rise up. How many people are mired in stuff you want to get free from? Come on. We want to rise up out of the junk that we're in into who God called us to be. We want to become the person we were supposed to be. Do you ever feel like you're not the person you were supposed to be? Like you just were born in the wrong era? Or you just, you know, you just don't fit? The fact of the matter is, you were born in the right era. I thought I was born in the wrong era. I thought I should have been born like 300 years ago. You know? I mean, that'd be awesome. Uh, But here I am and I'm trying to work the machines and you know got the you know the books that you don't turn the pages on them they it like it's only one page but the page changes you know it used to be you turned the pages it's a, it's just like all these bizarre things are going on and that seems strange to me i felt like i was born at the wrong time but the fact of the matter is we are put here we have a purpose for our lives we have a place we have a reason to be and we're to rise up into that person but you can miss it You can miss your life. You can, instead of taking the courageous turn, you can not and miss who you were supposed to be. I don't want to do that. And then we're to reach out. Do you know if if God touches you, changes your life, brings you into the fullness of who you're supposed to be, and then you just want to keep it for yourself, that's not right. We are to share our faith. We are to reach out to this world. We're to reach out to orphanages in Jamaica as well as do things here. It is so exciting. Uh, in the longer video, you're going to see a short interview with a, a kid who was brought to the orphanage when he was nine. It's a very streetwise kid. Now he's 18. He's going to university. He's going to business school. Uh, he said he wants to go to Bible college after that, but I mean, all the pastors and everybody was standing around him, so he might have been pressured into saying that. But, uh, or, you know, felt that. Nobody told him, you better say you're going to Bible college. But, you know, he might have felt that in himself, like, oh, I better say the religious thing, you know. Uh, but he's gone from street kid to leader. And what an incredible thing. What an incredible outreach potential to take people who'd be killing each other on the streets and turn them into leaders for the Lord in the culture. It's awesome. Reach up, rise up, reach out. Is this attainable? Is it possible? Can you really have a personal relationship with Jesus? Do you know about modern art? Have you ever seen modern art? You know, I saw one time a guy had a, a jet airplane and like five cans of paint. And he had a canvas on the, behind the jet. They turned the jet on and he threw the paint up in the air and the jet went and splattered the paint on the canvas. And then he sold it for huge gobs of money. 
And I'm thinking to myself, this is, this is a made-up thing. You know, modern art, I'm, I, maybe some people get it. But I look at it and I think there's nothing there to get. But here's what's happening. All the fancy people are going, oh yes, that's a beautiful piece. And so everybody else is like, oh, well they think it's amazing. Yes, yes, the depth, the depth, it's moving. You know, and they're just making stuff up because they're, they're in an environment where they've got to appreciate it even though they don't get it at all because there's nothing there to get. Right? I'm not sure. Maybe it's just me. But is personal relationship with Christ that sort of thing? Have you been going to church and you hear other people say that and so you're going, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess, sure. Not quite sure what that means, but oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. It's actually attainable for you. Personal relationship with Christ. That means you pray, you talk to God. You listen and you hear from God. Isn't that something? Now, we've, we've talked about that before. I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail with that. That's attainable. We can do that. Let's look at some scriptures with this reach up, rise up, reach out stuff. Revelation 3.20 Is it attainable? to have a real relationship with Christ. This is Jesus speaking um, through John who had a vision, an experience with God. Jesus speaking to a church. Revelation 3.20, He says this, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears My voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with Me. Here is the promise that Jesus makes. I want a relationship with you. Open the door and I'll come in. He's knocking on the door. Did you know you don't need to beg God to like you? He already does. Even though you're all messed up. He still likes you. That's what, that's what grace I guess that's my definition of grace. Grace means that God likes you more than He should. He just likes you. There's no good reason for it. He just likes you. He's knocking. He wants a relationship with you. You don't have to force your way in. You don't have to do something special to get Him to like you. He just does. So open the door and let him in. We can have that relationship. Rise up. This is the one I think is ignored the most in the United States. We don't like rising up. What we would prefer is to have all the benefits of following Christ without actually having to follow Christ. That's what some people think grace means. They think, oh, I don't actually have to follow Christ I just get all the benefits of following Christ. And then I get mad at God when I don't have those benefits. I don't know how they got that, but somehow that became part of the deal. Um, If you you give your life to Christ, whose life is it? It's His. You've given it to Him. (laughs) That's not just some cheap little phrase. 
It means, yes, Lord, here. You can have me. And then the glorious thing, he gives you back to you, purified and strengthened and in your right place. And it just gets better from there. Rise up. Hebrews 10.39. We're going to look at the New International Version and the King James for this one because I think the King James is better. Uh, It's more effective, but let's look at the NIV first. Hebrews 10.39. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. This is rise up. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. This is speaking to people who are going through trials and struggles and difficulties. There are still giants in the land that God is calling you to take. You will face the giants. The question is, will you shrink back and be destroyed or will you believe and be saved? Will you rise up into that person that you're supposed to be? Get free from all the garbage. The garbage is not your friend. It does not help you. We are not of those who shrink back, but we rise up. Amen? What if that verse was true for every Christian in America? What would the United States be like? Oh, what if that was true just for us? Just for us. We don't have control over the United States of America, but let me tell you what, I can live that. Because there are times where I face things, I'm like, oop, I think the Lord wants me to do that, but it's scary. This would be very safe. We are not of those who shrink back. Is, is, does that sound safe? Does shrinking back sound safe? That's a lie. <laughs> it's not safe. You lose who you are. Which is where uh, the King James does a much better job. Let's, let's read the King James there, Seth. Hebrews 10.39 in the King James. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. When we hear uh, salvation, a lot of times we think uh, you get to go to heaven, right? Like we put up with this life because it's kind of a pain and serving God stinks. And so we just sort of put up with it. One, so a few more weary days and I'm gone, or however that song goes. And then, uh, I kind of like the song, but, you know, just there's that idea of, wow, life stinks and we finally get to go to heaven. This verse is not talking about just sort of drudging through a hard, yucky life and then you get to go to heaven. This is about the saving of the soul. And the word soul, it's not the word for spirit. It's the word for self, for the core of who you are. So you are saved not just after this life is over, but the who you are is saved. If you shrink back, you don't get to live your life. You just woulda, coulda, shoulda, and you missed it. But we're called to rise up and have eternal life, of course. But to have our soul saved for today, to be able to live the courageous life we're called to, to be the person God created us to be, we get to live that here. You know, the war with Satan doesn't go on for eternity. 
This is a place designed for him. His end is bad. He's going to be taken care of. And we'll have eternal life in a perfect world. The battle will not continue forever. We get to do battle now. Let's do battle. The saving of the soul. You know, there's that verse um, that talks about uh, you don't you don't want to gain the whole world and lose your soul. There's there's that it's the same word, and it's the same thing. Yeah, of course you don't want to give up eternal life for material things. Absolutely, but you don't want to be a sellout either. You know what I mean? You don't want to spend your whole life slaving after stuff and miss who you are, miss the life you were supposed to live. Now, some people, the life they're supposed to live is to be a CEO and make gazillions of dollars. So if that's, if that's what God has for you, do that. And tithe. <laughs> Amen. Come on. <laughs> but God wants us to rise up so that we can live our life and not lose it, not miss it, not let it slip by and not have taken those courageous steps of faith and lived our life. Let's not shrink back, let's rise up. Reach out. This is a mean one. You know, sometimes I read mean scriptures. Jesus, sometimes he said mean things. You know that? He's not just the fuzzy little enabler that people paint him out to be. You know, that whole thing of our God is the God of a thousand second chances. Well, he's the God of second chances, but boy, he's pretty strict. You remember the the prodigal son? Jesus told a story of of a son. There were a father and two sons. The father had a wonderful farming thing going on. And uh, lots of money, very prosperous. And the, this younger son said, hey, I want my inheritance now while I'm young so I can live it up. And the, the father said, okay. So he divided the inheritance between the two. And the young son took all his money and took off. And then he wasted it all. If you've read the story, you know he wasted it all. He was not living his life. He was thinking he was living his life. But it was leading himself into a bad place. And then he found himself in a terrible situation. There was a famine in the land. He'd wasted all his money. Now he's feeding pigs. He wishes he could eat the slop, but he can't. And uh, so he goes home. And the dad gives him a big hug and a robe and a ring. And they kill the fattened calf. And they have a big party. And the older brother is mad because he thinks, I've been here this whole time. But of course, the whole estate is the older brother's now. The younger brother just gets to live there. But uh, the older brother's mad. All that stuff goes on. But then people hear that and they think, oh, great, I got it figured out. I'll just walk away from God and come back. I get a robe, I get a ring, I get a fattened calf. That's great. Then I'll walk away from God again and I'll come back again. And I'll get a robe and a ring and fattened calf and then I'll do it again because I like robes and rings and fattened calf. So I'll just keep walking away from God and coming back. That'll be my pattern. That's the plan. Following the the story of the prodigal son, what do you think the next day was like? 
Do you think the younger son actually slept in till 11, went to the fridge, you know, ate some stuff, and then walked over the hill and came back again? Here I am again! Let's have another party! No, I'm telling you what, he woke the roosters up. You know what I'm saying? He was so thankful to be home. He got to work the next day. That's how we're to respond. We're not to uh, uh, just keep mired in the same problems because God has a purpose for His church that we are to get to doing. We have a reason to be, and we're not supposed to fiddle around with that reason. And so here's what Jesus has to say to the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 21. He says, Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. The kingdom will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Were the Pharisees doing a good job of representing God to the world? of training up the people in the ways of God. No, they missed it all. They got all legalistic and they, they, they're just getting, they're goofed up. So Jesus said, you're not doing it. You're out. You're fired. How about today? Do we need to produce the fruit of the kingdom? Jesus, Jesus didn't say, you know, I'll take it away and I'll give it to a people who will just continually fail all the time and not get anything done. Hallelujah, our God is a God of grace. He lifts us up, but not so that we can fall. He lifts us up so that we can get up and succeed and produce fruit. Reach out with the gospel. Reach out with the truth of God. Reach out with the good news. Produce fruit. We are called to do that. Now, there's really good news there. Do you know there's good news there? If we produce the fruit of the kingdom, God will just give us stuff. Amen? This will be paid off. This building, this property, will be paid off. We just make our regular monthly payment. It will be paid off in less than a year. Isn't that neat? That's exciting. I believe that's the case because we intend to produce fruit for the kingdom. And I believe there's already fruit being produced. But we must increase. We must continue. All right. Oh, one more time. Does God care about statistics? There's my trick question. Does God care about statistics? God cares about people, and people are statistics. God does not care about Good Hope Church bragging about their statistics. He does not care about that. He does not care about one church saying, well, you see, we did this. And, you know, he does not care about that. That's a big mess. It's an icky, icky pride, junk thing. So with regards to that, uh, no, he does not care about us feeding our pride through statistics. But let me ask you this, is 99 out of 100 good enough for Jesus? No. 99% saved, 99% delivered, 99% empowered, not good enough for Jesus. Are we done? Is mission accomplished? Hey, well, we'll have the church building paid off. Yes, we're done. That's fruit, right? 
It's right there. No, we're not done. We've got a long ways to go. Long ways to go. Let's keep increasing, bearing fruit. Okay, so that's vision. Reach up, rise up, reach out. We want to connect with God. We want to grow in our faith. And we want to share the gospel. We want to share the good news. We want to produce fruit for the kingdom. Reach up, rise up, reach out. So there's our vision. That's where we're going. How are we going to get there? Don't you think it's good for people to connect with God? For people to grow in their faith? And for the for uh, for people to reach out? That's good. How do we do it? We need a vehicle. The vision is the thing that's over there. We got to get in. We got to get in the bus and go there. We need a vehicle. The vehicle, of course, is the local church. We've decided the local church is the way to do this. You know, at uh, I didn't I didn't come from a Christian home, and when the Christians I knew weren't like big church people, they were like home church people, and uh, and that's great, that's cool. Reach up, rise up, reach out, though needs a local church. It needs that $13,508 to orphanages in Jamaica. You need a local church for that. In order for us to be able to bear fruit for the kingdom, to do the things that we're called to do, to effectively meet the need as far as we can, we need a vehicle, and that vehicle is Good Hope Church, the local church. Now, um, in order for people to get on board the vehicle, we need vacancies. Right? right? You ever gone to church and you realize there was no room on the bus for you at that church? Ever, ever done that? Um, there can be various reasons why there's not room for you on the bus. Um, but at Good Hope, we want to make sure there's room on the bus. If somebody wants to connect with God, do we want to have room for them? Amen. So that's why we went to two services. Do you know we had 65? Did I tell you that already? 65 people in the first service. That's real good. That's like more than what we averaged when we started. Just, you know, and we took some chairs out so it looked even fuller. It was real good. <laughs> So, well, hey, let's let's fill it up so we got to add the extra chairs back. Amen? Let's do it. Let's do it. So there has to be a vacancy. There has to be an opportunity for people to come in and connect with God. There has to be an opportunity for people to get free from their junk. There has to be an opening so people can serve. So that people like Ryan can make videos. So that I can let people do all their wonderful things. What a great ministry the letting ministry is. Let people do stuff. It's great. We're going to two services to make room. Sometimes there are vacancies in the vehicle, but the doors are locked. Do you know how you lock the doors? I mean, there's churches that are empty and they're wondering how come nobody's coming. You have to say hi to people. That opens a door. I got to tell you, even if you're a first-time visitor, say hi to somebody. It's just, boy, does that open a door. 
if people come and nobody cares, they don't look at them, they don't say hi, it's not good. You don't want to, you want to connect with God, you want to connect with God's people, you show up and you're like, I don't think they want me here. That's not good, is it? Sometimes there's a vacancy, but the doors are locked. We've got to open the doors. We've got to say hi to people. We've got to be really open. So, we got the vision. People need to connect with God and continue to abide in the vine. People need to rise up and live their life. And we need to bear fruit for the kingdom. If we do those two, the fruit's going to come naturally. So we've got the vision, the vehicle, and we've got vacancies. So if Good Hope Church was a bus, I've talked about buses a little bit, I guess. Good Hope Church is a bus. Who drives the bus? God drives the bus, but, well, I should say, God is like the GPS thing. <laughs> Turn left here. You know, that sort of deal. <laughs> recalculating, you know. And, sorry. Then you get the recalculating, you know, when you make a wrong turn. Uh, but I, I'm steering the bus. You know, I got my hands on the wheel and here we go. And there are different roads we could take. So we got, we got the vision. We got this big grandiose idea of what we want to have happen. We got the vehicle, which is the local church. And then we've got openings. We got empty chairs. Look at that. How many people could get saved? We got one, two, three, four, five, six. We got seven, seven people could get saved right in the front row. There's vacancies. Let's go tell somebody. Aaron and Shelby aren't coming back for another week. Next week, those spots will be open and you could sit there and you could get saved. Just by showing up and sitting in your chair. There's a vacancy for you. And if there isn't, we'll bring the chairs back out and we'll put them out. So we've got the vision, we've got the vehicle, we've got the vacancies. Now what roads are we going to take to get to the vision? Because we could get a vacancy by moving to the high school auditorium and renting that on Sunday morning. Right? We could do that. Or we could do two services. Or... I don't know what else we could do. We could knock that wall. Well, we don't have time for that. Uh, you know, there's other ways to create vacancies. There's different roads. So what roads are we going to take? How are we going to get there? I got a list. So I'm going I'm to show you in a very practical way how we intend to, you know, get to the bus stop, open a door, let people on, drive through the roads, and get to where we're going. So, vision, vehicle, vacancy, what roads are we going to take? I've said this several times, I will say it again. Well, am I supposed to be done at 35 after? When am I supposed to be done? Oh no! I did the math wrong. I'm all excited, I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to watch football in like 25 minutes. <laughs> What have I done? Recalculating. <laughs> we need a countdown instead of that thing. Poor Mike. Okay. 
Remember, I, I told you you need four things. This is just super basic, general stuff. Four things to really grow as a Christian. You need big group experience. You need small groups. You need daily devotions. And you need to learn to serve God in a particular way. So, big group, great. Enough? No. You need close relationships. We're going to be launching a number of small groups. One of the things about small groups, though, is don't think I have to micromanage everything. We want organic small groups. If you're just going to start a group, just start a group. I don't want to, I don't want anybody to not start a group. Just get to know some people and, and hang out in a Christian way together. Do it. Let it happen. We will also provide some opportunities if you're having trouble finding people to connect with. We'll provide opportunities for that. One of the things we're going to do is, uh, put down, um, like a small group curriculum that's based on the previous week's sermon. So if you want to find out, uh, you know, talk to people and have a little bit more communication about the sermon from the previous week, you can do that. Um, where I think we're going to have a truth project group and another group and there's going to be some, some pretty awesome stuff going on. So I want you to connect with small groups. Um, we are going to, we're going to have our October prayer and fasting. We did that last year, but people sign up for every day. We'll do that again. Um, if people don't sign up on particular days, then I'll take those days. We'll make sure we cover every single day in October. We had several things, several important breakthroughs happen after our month of prayer and fasting last year. Several important breakthroughs. And we need the same thing to happen this year. And I'm pretty sure we'll need the same thing to happen the following year. So we're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to believe God. Be praying for the church. Be praying for the direction. Be praying for the community. Uh, if you're going to do that. Um, we're going to do a missions trip to Jamaica in January. If you are interested in more information about that, there's a sign-up sheet on the information table. I want to, I want to take 20 people. I want a team of 20 to go to Jamaica January 20th through the 27th. Um, very, very excited about that. Tremendous opportunities there. We need to build an addition. Isn't that something? We need to, I'm hoping it'll happen next summer. Are you ready to believe God for that? Yeah. We'll be paid off by then. We can build an addition. Amen? Yeah. I think we're getting pretty close to that. It'd be really, really good. It'd be awesome. Um, additions are expensive though. You ever, you ever, you knew that was coming, didn't you? You know, uh, we're not going to do a big fancy fundraiser thing. We're going to pray and give what the Lord shows us to give. That's, that's what I want people to do. Honestly, be in prayer and then what the Lord shows you to give, give. That's what we need to do. Um, you want to know what I want to do? I want to fill up both services and do a Saturday night service too. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Woo! Shift work town, Saturday night service is good. And then we're going to plant churches in the future. Did you know that? We're going to plant churches. Very excited about that. It's going to be fun. We've got people rising up and uh, they're getting ready to live their life. We're going to close in prayer. Um, I'm going to have the prayer team come forward. And, uh, you know, I want the church to grow and the church is only made up of people. We have buildings. We think this is the church. Well, uh, sticks and drywall is not the church. People are the church. 
And so if the church is going to grow, we need to grow as people, as individuals. We need to take the courageous steps. Um, If you need to know the Lord, you need to take that step and give your heart to Christ. Come and pray with the prayer team if you're not sure how to do that. If If you know there's something holding you down, you need to come up for prayer and get set free from that stuff. You need to take that courageous step rather than not and shrinking back and missing what God has for you. It's not worth it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this day. I thank You, Lord, that You've brought us together and You've given us purpose and You've got places for us to go. Thank You, Lord, for that. Encourage us and bless us. Father, I pray that You would guide us, each one, into that life, that new life, that you have for us. Help us to receive it more and more. And Father, also for each one who who needs prayer today, I pray you give them the courage to come forward and pray with the prayer team, to believe you for miracles, believe you for mighty things. We give you praise. I pray that your, your strength and your courage would be upon each one of us here in this place. As we depart, let your strength and your courage depart with us. So bless us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.